baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It is uh, 10.09 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. Your host, Will Marotti, Matt Sarace, our master ceremonies. And uh, appreciate your calls today and, and all, great response on the amen list. Let me give the final third before I bring our guest in. Megan M., Jolie C., Teresa J., Bobby W., Mick C., Michael S., Zeke H., Nick S., Janine H., Cassie S., Scott O., Jim R., Bill K., Homer, Mark N., Lee E., and William D. for a total of 60, 64, 60, 67 amens today. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, joining us now on the hotline, in response to what we started talking about yesterday, this this video now that's, that's gotten great attention because of what I think the very negative nature of it, this this assistant principal, Coscob Elementary School, Jeremy Boland, who says he won't hire conservatives, but he targets specifically Catholics because he says Protestants are more liberal in this state. Joining us now from the Connecticut uh, Catholic Public Affairs Conference is uh, Chris Healy. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Will. Chris, I've got a copy of the uh, release that you sent out to the media yesterday. Why don't you start with telling us uh, the basic heart of that communication, and I've got some questions for you. Well, sure. Thank you for again having me. And as you do every day, I think it's always time that we think, pray, and then vote this year. And uh, <laughs> part of it has to do with, you know, our uh, the basic tenets of our American civilization, which is freedom of religion, which everything spawns from that. And protecting the right to freely express your religion and not be persecuted for your religious beliefs is just one of the most sacrosanct pillars of our society mm -hmm. that we were founded on. This is why people came to this country. Mm -hmm. um, and this incident in Greenwich, uh, as I said yesterday, was vile in the sense of everything he talked about. And the Catholic part, actually, as bad as it was, was only part of other things that he said which were equally troubling and should yes. be to parents everywhere. It might be easy to dismiss this as an isolated incident, uh, and one hopes that it is. Um, but I think you would be less than uh, you know charitable to say that this is a pervasive problem in our public education system. Um, and it, and here's why: um, part of it is to do with that everything that goes on in a classroom is really directed from bureaucrats in Hartford, the Department of Education along with their supporters, which include the Connecticut Education Association, the American Federation of Teachers, various other progressive groups who, you know, drive the curriculum, drive the, the, the regulations and the laws that are promulgated in Hartford. And because of that, many teachers are, are themselves indoctrinated. They have to go to training sessions where they're taught about the, what to emphasize and how to emphasize it. Uh, and many teachers, in order to, to keep their station, follow along. And many of them, I think, are, you know, if you ask them quietly, are not happy about it. But more importantly, you know, 
this incident really speaks to a defining moment for our elected officials to stand up and down, not only denounce it, but use it as a way to evaluate really how public education is going uh, as, a, as a useful you know, exercise. And then to allow other forms of education, whether they're Catholic or Baptist or, or evangelical or whatever, uh, to, be at, to be allowed to flourish in this environment. Because clearly the secularists want to remove religion uh, in all its forms from our, the growth of our children. Uh, no one is saying, no, I certainly understand the difference between church and state, but there's a difference between church and state and then persecuting the church. And Catholics, you know, we're not used, we're used to being persecuted. <laughs> we <laughs> thought that was behind us. Um, as I, just to give you a personal aside, my great great grandfather, uh, Healy, uh, came to this country during, as a famine Irishman and certainly grew up in New Haven building a family. He had to endure these kind of prejudices. Uh, and we thought we'd put a lot of that behind us. But, you know, today, not hiring a Catholic, tomorrow it's not hiring a Muslim or a Jew or a Baptist. Uh, it's a dangerous moment, and I'm really sort of disappointed, you know, in the response of the governor and the attorney general to say that, well, we'll just sort of watch and monitor the situation. Um, that, that, to me, says they want it to go away. Um, they want it to go away. Uh, they can, you know, say it's isolated rather than really evaluate what's going on in our schools. Uh, well, Chris, you mentioned this. Let me just cut in for a second. You mentioned this, and and and, and I don't know. I mean, I I don't think, and and this is from exposure that I've had, just like you have had years here in Connecticut, all over the community, talking to all kinds of leaders, all kinds of political folks, all kinds of people in education. I hate to say it, but I don't think this is an outlier. I think this is. Uh, in in a lot of states, I think this is the majority of the way that educators think. Maybe not maybe not rank and file teachers, but certainly leadership. And and for even even our Republican friends to say, well, we're we're appalled because of, of the apparent discrimination. This isn't about discrimination. This is about indoctrination. This is far more severe than just a case of discrimination because they're taking these children at the most formal moldable times. And, and teaching them things that, first of all, parents don't want them to be taught necessarily at young ages. And second of all, teaching things that the majority of Americans don't agree with. So I think this is a, this is a well, really it, it pervasive gets, problem. It gets to the point of, of two things. One, the whole concept of in loco parentis, meaning that once you hand your children over to the teachers, they are literally their guardians for a good yeah. chunk of the day, and that's a huge responsibility. Mm -hmm. The other problem we have here is that all boards of education are deemed agents of the state, and that's in the law, meaning that even though you're elected to the Board of Education, which I am a, a sitting member of the Board of Education in Weathersfield, okay. that we have very limited power to really direct the curriculum and, and the course of a, of a school district because we are bound by state laws. We are agents of the state, and that has to change uh, at the very least. Legal, legal from a you know from a law point of view, but it's it's an opportunity for for parents to really reconnect with their children. They started to do it when they found out what was going on during the pandemic with remote learning, and they got a mm -hmm. chance to see teachers up close in the curriculum. But parents have a real responsibility to when they go to these parent teaching conference, not to not to settle for happy talk and to really ask hard questions to look at the school the curriculum your children, the, the books they're reading, the, the backup material, um, that kind of thing, to ask the hard questions. 
Um, and, you know, that's where it's really the rubber meets the road. It's, it's, it's a really amazing moment here. It, you know, this, uh, this is a gold-plated school district in Greenwich. Mm-hmm. It's gold-plated. It's well-funded. It's blue-chipped. The children end up going to colleges, mm-hmm. uh, high-ranking colleges. If it happens at a place like this, okay, then you cannot say that it's not unlikely that it happens elsewhere because it's, that's the way the system is set up and it's promulgated and supported. Uh, you know, if we really care enough about our children, whether they're ours or others, you know, it's a constitutional right to get a, a aggressive, thoughtful, and curious-based education. Is that mm-hmm. going on now? I don't. I think that's uh, that's certainly up for adoption. And the pushing out and the persecution of people of faith is just another example of it. You know, the other part of that interview, if you watched it all the way through, was the other disturbing thing, which was he admitted that the teachers, he and others, uh, were. Uh, basically stepping between parents and children on the issue right. of gender identity, which is, I don't even know, I can't even put a word on that <laughs> other than vile. That's odd. That, That's amazing for you, Chris, that you can't put a word on it. That's amazing. Well, I mean, I, I, I can't over the radio because I don't want you to be fine. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, the idea that a teacher decides what, if a child is uh, undergoing gender dysphoria or confusion, that they take the responsibility to do it and then not inform the parents is just, I mean, I, I, to me, that's a criminal act. And, you know, it's not criminal, at least negligent. And again, this, this, is a, this gets back to the p- parents are the ones that are going to have to make this happen, not only with their actions, but with their votes. You know, we at the Catholic schools are under siege all the time from the secularists who want to uh, remove our constitutional right to have our transportation paid for, for nurses. Um, you know, we don't have a school choice uh, argument to be made because it falls silent in the legislature to create competition to get children who want an education to get one. And whether it's a Catholic school or a Jewish school or a evangelical school, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we need competition in, in our education, and we need to at least be allowed uh, to promote our, our brand of education, mm-hmm. again, if the Constitution guarantees it. These are, this is constitutional issues as well. As well, well, not just constitutional, but, but practical reality. Let me tell you this. This is from Hartford, Hartford Seminary, recent survey. 35% of Connecticut's adult population uh, is self-declaring Roman Catholic, 70% Protestant, 5% Evangelical. 59%, 59% of the population, let's call it 6 out of 10, of the population in Connecticut has some kind of Christian self-identification. So, so this is not this is not just a attack on Catholics or or quote unquote conservatives per se. This is an assault on parents all over the state. And again, I think this is not an outlier. I think this is common in public education. So, so did you see the video, Chris? Did you actually watch the Veritas oh, Project video? Yes, well, several times. Uh, okay. You know, as, as a, today I became officially became a senior citizen. So, you know, I tend to go to bed happy early. birthday. I forgot today was your birthday. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, you can take your cards and letters. But anyway, uh, but <laughs> I woke up the next day and my phone was on fire. Uh, and I saw the, you know, the video, um, and obviously, you know, we, the archbishop and the bishops that I work for were very, you know, concerned about it. You know, allowed me to speak on their behalf to say that, you know, this is, this is a time for us to really evaluate. It's also a time to denounce this in its strongest possible terms. But again, you know, it's this sort of teaching moment where I think finally parents are have been awakened over the last year again with the idea that they've. You know, seeing what, you know, in many cases, listen, I mean, I, I'm on the Board of Education. We've got 
great teachers. I would say an overwhelming majority of them are doing the right thing every day. But again, they are being told what to do. They are, you know, they are under a lot of pressure themselves. Uh, and I think they would welcome more parental involvement. Uh, and it would make their life, I think, a little bit more productive. And that's, you know, it's, it's easy to blame teachers and blame this establishment. But parents, these are your children, and you have a right and a responsibility to engage them and to, and to ask the tough questions. These are your tax dollars being spent. You are giving these children to their care for the majority of the day. You know, and th- these are the kind of questions that need to be asked. It's a healthy, it's a healthy debate, but it's critical for the future of our country. If all we're going to produce are, are kids that are confused or angry or told their country is no good or told them that religion is, is evil uh, or not to be trusted, I mean, that's not a good thing for anybody. It's going to lead to a, lead to a very, very bad outcome for the future of this country in the years ahead. We're, we're talking with Chris Healy the, from the Connecticut uh, Catholic Public Affairs Conference. Chris, um, I... What what practically? I mean, we're all upset about it. We've all seen it. I mean, I, I wasn't shocked when I saw the video because I suspect that this has been going on for quite a while. I was surprised, quite frankly, that he was so candid about it. I was surprised that the young undercover reporter um, was able to get into this guy's head and really have him come out with what really he's saying, what a lot of, of, of folks uh, on that progressive woke side are, are already thinking about. I mean, but the legislature passed a bill last session going into effect in every school, every state facility, every prison, that, that men's rooms have to stock feminine hygiene products to be able to accommodate transgender people. Um, this is in our government. It's everywhere we look. I mean, how certainly as 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 Roman Catholics, as people of faith, whether they're Catholic or Protestant, what effectively and practically can we do to slow down this onslaught? Well, again, this is our new initiative we're pushing, which our Faith Matters initiative here. As we approve the election, when I said it before, we're actually having bumper stickers made, which I'll send you one. Good, please. I mean, take me a box of them. Well, it's think, pray, and then vote. I mean, you know, people have the ability to make these changes. The issues you talked about with the the laws you said, this is a very small, very small subsection of the electorate that has an overwhelming sense of power. They're organized. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have like-minded people in the legislature. Mm -hmm. Um, They promote them and and propel them to do it. Uh, They go ahead and do it, and they go back to the applause of their interest groups. That's politics, okay? That's, Mm -hmm. That's politics. And given the fact that we have, you know, 1.3 million Catholics identified in the state, uh, some are more observant than others, but in their heart they know uh, their Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and the faith that God gives us and the protection God gives us every day. But with that come responsibilities as a person of faith. Mm-hmm. And that means to, to get engaged in your community and, and to promote, uh, you know, the, the love of our Lord, but also to you know, to to speak to the speak truth. I mean, you you talk about it every day. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you know it. We're not afraid of a debate, uh, and we shouldn't be. And this is a sort of a wake up call to people that may think, well, you know, these are just a few oddballs, or this is a few whatever. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It is. A, not. It is seen every day, not in this state, but across the state. I'm very hopeful that people, uh, as an election comes, will 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 exercise those votes on this issue and other issues, hmm. uh, but, but particularly the ones that, 
that people of faith care about, which is, you know, we have this one life, we have the greater life to come, we try to make the most of this life and to make it better for our children. And education consumes most of our tax dollars locally and, you know, uh, from a promotion of, from the state. Uh, from that perspective, these are our children. And even if you don't have children, it's in your interest to make sure that we are graduating curious, critical thinking, caring kids into, into adulthood. Uh, and this kind of thing that's going on in Greenwich does not accomplish that. You know, I, whether you're uh, a Catholic, Protestant, evangelical, um, I, I've said this for years and people get upset about it, but I said, if you want, if you want to assign blame to why the culture at this point is so upside down, so confused, calling, calling things that are good, bad and bad, good. I mean, I think a lot of it has to be squarely pointed to us. And I say us as the, as the church, small C church, because how many years, how many years, pastors, priests, rabbis, not willing, not willing to publicly state and talk about these very difficult issues and and in the absence of clarity people fill in their own blanks and so i think if the if the church had been a little bit more engaged and involved with a lot of these issues since the the removal of prayer in school i'm not saying we should be proselytizing in school i'm not saying we should although legally we have the right to um, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I think we had, when, when issues come up, we need to not be silent or worried about how many people are going to upset and then have maybe leave the church. M- my question to that comment is, uh, will, will, uh, Archbishop Blair, will, will he be speaking out or has he, I mean, you've, you, you sent out this well-crafted he, well crafted press release. What will, will uh, has, Bishop Blair talk about this? Well, he has in various homilies. He has various publications. You'll see more of that as we get. I mean, I'm, I'm saying specifically here. about this about this latest uncovering of. Uh, of... I think he will. Uh, we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, he thought that it was best that you know uh, the conference speak on behalf of all the dioceses uh, at the time, which is sort of why I was. <laughs> that's sort of my job. Yeah, but, no, I get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think all uh, Bishop uh, Casiano and Bridgeport, Bishop Cody and Norwich, and the Archbishop in Hartford are all uh, very uh, concerned about this, and this will be speaking to it in the, in the, in the coming weeks, because it's not something that's going to end today or this week, although right. I think some people hope it will. Uh-huh. It's an ongoing process. And part of mm-hmm. what we're also talking about is really pushing the idea that, you know, alternative education, school choice has to include religious schools, and that's yes. something in the, new, in the new legislative session we're going to be pushing for as well. Uh, I let's see money follow the child. Things. I think that should be a well. That's yeah. That's, that should be an absolute choice for parents. Yeah, that's the apparatus to get us to the other side. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, one thing about the that we've seen uh, since the pandemic, we've had a very huge uh, increase in enrollment in Catholic schools, which is mm-hmm. very encouraging as people seek those options. Even though many of the children aren't Catholic, which is fine. We still welcome anyone who wants to participate. Uh, and you know, given the um, the cost, and the, given the results that you find at a Catholic school, you're never going to get a better uh, bargain or a better outcome. That's my pitch for the Catholic schools. So well, I, I'd say private, private religious schools. Or, we have a school, or, Carver or Academy. Our kids consistently, schools. our kids consistently test higher 
on standardized scores than than children in public school. No question about it. Smaller class sizes, more personal attention. We're not spending a lot of time talking on social trends. We're talking about reading, writing, (laughs) you know, math, history, uh, you know, basic subjects that really people need to be equipped with as they move through the educational system. And so I think all all private religious schools offer those. Right, this this whole emphasis on, as I said before, this equity, inclusion, empathy, it's sort of a smoke screen for to, to hide from the fact that we need to be, you know, pushing kids into engineering and quantum yeah. physics and things mm-hmm. like that. That's what's going to determine the future of our country. Sure. Um, and getting back to that sort of emphasis, which we do in not all our schools, but your schools, Jewish schools, etc., is an option that people, you know, should be more willing to be able to take and use their tax dollars to do it. And the, when are we going to realize? Court, we're gonna, wrapping up, Chris. We got about. I got about 30 seconds, Chris. Last question. When will we, and I say people of faith, whether you're a Catholic or Protestant, when will we realize that we really need to work more together than we ever have before? Because what what joins us is far greater than what separates us. I think we're getting to that point. Unfortunately, we're, we're, the country is roiled in a, in a very dangerous time. I Just real quickly, I, I was watching the uh, Ken Burns' excellent documentary on Vietnam the other mm-hmm. day while I was recuperating. And it the, the parallels between that era of the late 60s and 70s and today is, is amazing. Social unrest, violence, uh, division by class, very instructive for people to watch it. Uh, I think that's where we're sort of in now, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll reach a point where we'll turn the corner, sadly, uh, because of it, um, that, w- that we've got to this point. But unfortunately, that's what I think this election okay. might be about. Chris Healy, thank you so much for coming on today. Keep up the good work. Let's talk again in the future. Appreciate it very much. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate the time. Thank you. All right, we'll be right back in more of your calls, 860-522-9842. All right. You know, it's um, it's interesting. Um, I'll, I'll admit this, but I, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people will, will be uh, uh, a little surprised by this, but um, I have been watching uh, a show with my wife, and um, uh, been not binge watching, but we watch it occasionally. It was on for a few. I don't even know if it's if it's going to be on again. I don't know if there's a season uh, uh, a season seven in the works. Um, um, but anyway, long story short, we were watching a show called Outlander, uh, and it's a little it's a little it's like that. Show. Remember that thing? Was it Highlander? The guy traveled through time and everything. It's kind of that a little bit. These these three or four people have bounced back and forth from you know 1950 to you know 1770. You know. Anyway, but the bulk of the show, the bulk of the show is is right at the kind of pre-revolutionary war time, and and you see, you hear the discussions, the high level of secrecy the fear that people have of not wanting to be uh, who if their sympathies are not with the king and you know with uh with the the crown and and britain and i'm like man people were willing to risk their lives back then for what they believed in and and for their liberty and for their independence um i don't even know if that could even happen today in, if 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 we ever had a a full blown takeover by the government to a to tel, totalitarian regime, because of the, we've we've handed away our privacy, things like the Patriot Act, we've completely given our privacy away. There is no privacy. So how would you even be able to you know organize like they did? 
you know, in the, in 1773, 74, 75, how would you even be able to organize? Because there's just, there's just no privacy. You know, you can't use social media, obviously, because that's on the wrong side of the fence. Um, they listen to all your, you know, the NSAs listen to all your phone calls, watching all your texts. I mean, it, it would be like you'd have to carry your picture or something. Right? And I'm not saying we're there. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying, think, watching this show and thinking how difficult it was even for, for them in, in that day and age with the lack of technology to be able to do things in a, in a clandestine way, um, impossible today, impossible. 860-522-9842. Here's a story. Speaking of pandemic, Chris uh, alluded to this, uh, Chris Powell. Um, Education Department's first look at test scores since the pandemic began, began reveals the worst, listen to me, the worst, this is from the Wall Street Journal, the worst drop in math and reading scores in decades for students in fourth grade, a crucial indicator for an educational and economic trajectory. Scores released Thursday show unprecedented drops in long-term tests that are part of the national assessment of educational process known as the nation's report card. The tests are administered to U.S. students age nine. Gee, is anybody surprised that that happened? And thank you, Fauci. Thank you, Dr. Burks. Thank you, um, NS, uh, uh, CDC. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for ruining our kids because there was no need for it. There was no need for a total lockdown and, a, and, and keeping our kids out of school. We were saying it all along. This isn't new. The population we should have protected, we didn't which were seniors and the population we shouldn't have damaged we did which are now it's coming out very very surely that it's the kids we hurt baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Young people we heard in this. And then on top of that, you consider this. this uh, uh, now, I've got a, I've got a, a letter. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if this is a... Uh, if this is a real letter or not, but this this was sent to me. I don't have any reason to reject it. I think it's not true, but this was sent to me, and it was a um, a letter uh, supposedly sent out by the Connecticut Education Association CEA uh, to their members because they're very concerned. Very concerned. Signed by Kate Diaz, President, Connecticut Association. Uh, numbers are here. Emails here. Um, I'm trying to find out if this is if this is legit. Um, but they're very. Oh boy, are they very? If this is the if this is in fact the letter, they're very concerned about the Veritas project. Project Veritas. They're very concerned about being infiltrated. Ooh, the covers were pulled back, and we now know what's going on. And um, this is this is a case where 
again, this was an interview that took place, a series of interviews that took place by an undercover reporter posing as a, a woke person, a liberal woke progressive person, and getting to Jeremy Boland, who should be fired immediately, or at least should resign if he had any honor at all, because uh, Cobb Elementary School. Believe it or not, uh, the open-minded, more progressive teachers are actually more savvy about delivering a democratic message without ever mentioning politics. Absolutely true. They have changed their technique, no question about it. Um, Bowen said, it's subtle. Teachers I hire will never say, oh, this is a liberal democratic way of doing things. They're just making it the norm. This is how we handle things. It's subtle. And this is how, this is, this quote, Jeremy Bowen, and this is how you get away with it. 860-522-9842. If I were going to write a letter to, to, if I was a woke leader of a public education union, this, I, I might write a letter. I, I write something like this. Uh, good evening. We've been alerted that Project Veritas has dropped a hit piece using an administrator in Greenwich. While a teacher was not used so far, the narrative is that hiring liberal teachers to indoctrinate students The hiring of liberal teachers to indoctrinate students. So here's what I would say. Number one, I would issue some warning. Number one, please do not search this. Project Veritas does not need to drive traffic to the site. We will get a clean copy of the video tomorrow. A, a clean copy. Okay. A clean copy. As if it were altered in some way. Do not speak to any reporters that have not been vetted. If you know the person, do what you feel comfortable with. If you do not know the person, please reach out to uh, Nancy Andrews at CEA to confirm their legitimacy. I would not comment on the Greenwich video at all. We, we know that Veritas uses this tactic to trap educators and union members into making incriminating statements. How about telling the truth? Alert your members that Veritas is in the state, lurking around, keeping meetings closed. Keep your meetings closed and ensure your members are the only ones present. Yeah, that, that's, how you, that's how you hide stuff you don't want getting out. Mm-hmm. Yep. That works. What else would I say? I would say something like this. Um, <laughs> I would not comment on the Greenwich video at all if we know that Veritas uses this tactic to trap educators and union members into making criminal things. Don't, number four, alert your members that they're in the state lurking around. Remember, members, they should be the only one present in your meetings. Remind members that they could be the next victim of a hit piece if they aren't fully aware of the comments, who the comments are making to, what they say. I'm sorry this isn't a bit more happy. <laughs> Back to school. Yeah, it caught, caught you with your pants down. And, and, and you know, it can't be happy. This is a real deal. It's troubling. It's hitting us locally. We need to be very cautious. Signed, Kate Diaz, President, Connecticut Education Association. Well, you know, whatever. Whatever. If that, I don't know if it's real or not, if that's what they sent out. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll, um, we'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the way it goes. See, and the thing that's interesting about this, ladies and gentlemen, is I don't think this is an outlier. I don't think Jeremy Boland, B-O-L-A-N, Jeremy Boland, 
is an outlier. I think this is typical in public education today. I'm not, I'm not saying teachers. Again, when I criticize union, I'm not criticizing rank and file members. You know, I criticize the leadership of unions. And I'm not saying that teachers all think this way, but I'm telling you the majority of people in the administration of public school, this is how they think. Now, this is a direct quote from Boland. It was on the video. I watched it. Protestants in this area, in some of Connecticut, are probably the most liberal. But if you're Catholic, conservative, you don't hire them. If someone's raised a hardcore Catholic, what does that mean? Hardcore Catholic. You're faithful? You believe the Bible? What does that mean, hardcore Catholic? It's like, well, they're brainwashed. You can never change your mindset. Now, this is what they think of all people of faith. Forget about the fact that they're brainwashed into thinking the crazy things they think. Forget about that. People of faith are brainwashed. I mean, it's just so, so blatant. Man. Boland said on the video, his words, the conservative teacher who's stuck in her ways I'll never be able to fire her, that's true, but I'll never be able to change her. So I make an impact with the next teacher I hire. For one position, I think we had 30 applicants. So all of those applicants, I don't think interviewed anybody over the age. Of all those applicants, I didn't interview anybody over the age of 30. The older you get, the more set you are in your ways, the more conservative you get. I mean, they are blatantly giving us their strategy for completely taking over the schools and indoctrinating our kids. 860-522-9842. Hang on, Matt's going to get your calls. Be patient. Let's go to Karen in Southington. Karen, welcome. Thanks, Pastor Will. Um, I have to say I'm very surprised and saddened that Bob Stefanowski did not step up to the plate yesterday, that his comments overnight are not at all pointing to what the issues are, that these appear to be governor initiatives. We are bound by laws that are set by boards of education, and Stefanowski needs to go and attack this head on. Leora was out yesterday. I don't, I don't know what Bob said or didn't say. Can you, can you enlighten me? I don't know what Bob did or well, didn't he's say. He's mainly anything. talking about just his, his comments were related to that there should be criminal uh, ramifications if there was um, indeed a um, not following the rules regarding hiring practices. But he needs to go on the affirmative and really hit the Democrats because the conversation that was recorded mentioned the Democratic control. And I don't see how Bob can sit back and really not move ahead, really powerful with this, with this message that is out there, and do something about it and make some intelligent comments. But he needs to do something to jumpstart his positions and how he really feels on this matter, because this has now become a state and national issue that is going to bring a lot of attention here. Yeah. Already is. Already is. I mean, I I think, you know, uh, I had Chris Healy on from the the Catholic uh, uh, Public Affairs Conference. I mean, I think that's, I think what Chris says in his press release, the comments on Catholics and other indoctrinational techniques 
by the Coscob Elementary School principal are vile and they do a profound disservice to many Catholic teachers in public schools, both in Greenwich and across the state. I mean, that's what it is. I would go as far as say it's evil. It's not just vile, it's evil. And, right. and you've got to confront it for what it is. You can't just dance around it and say, well, it's, you know, it's prejudice. Well, yeah, it's prejudice. Of course, that's bad. But it's far more than that. They're trying to indoctrinate our kids into living and believing things that the general population has been fully against for millennia. Exactly. And, and, and that's my point. Bob Stefanowski needs to make this a campaign issue and start speaking out. Well, I, I hope he's listening to the show. I, I have to say, I'm just not. Just like Joe Markley recommended yesterday on Todd Feinberg's program. I'm he not advising Bob at all. I'm not. Uh, oh, I know that. That's and not my job. That, um, exactly. But I, I think there there's going to be a lot more that's coming out on this issue. And I'd like to know what everyone's positions are before the election. Karen, let me ask you a question. You don't have to answer if you don't want, but are you a Republican? I am an independent. Okay. Well, I'm a Republican, lifelong Republican. The first person I was eligible, first presidential uh, election I was old enough to vote in, I voted for Ronald Reagan. I voted for one Democrat in my entire life, Joe Lieberman, one time. That's it, because I couldn't stand Lowell Weicker. I am so tired of Republicans in this state. And maybe there's some valuable lessons we have learned recently, okay? I'm so tired of Republicans trying to become, almost, well, we're not Democrats, but we're almost like Democrats, but we're really Republicans. It's a confusing message, and at this point, I feel like saying, you know what? What have we gained by doing that as Republicans? Why don't we just stand on what we believe? We're conservatives. This is what, what, what we believe is conservatives, and, and let the chips fall where they may. I, I don't think the Democrat light thing is working too well for us. No, the, the, the Republican Party in this state is, is basically um, non-existent and it's taken a second back, a back seat to the Democratic Party. And that has to change. And Karen, I'm so sorry Kennedy, to cut, cut you out, but we are we yeah. are out of time. Thank you Thank so you. much for your call. Please call back again. Guys, sorry I didn't get to you. Uh, that's it. We're out of time. Great show today. Thank you to all the callers. Thank you to Chris Healy for coming on on his birthday, no less. Thank you so much. Listen, guys, this is big stuff. It's time for us to speak out. It, silence is not an option any longer. And I think we need to take the Maxine Waters approach, perhaps. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting violence. I'm not suggesting anything of that nature. But I am suggesting to be more outspoken about what you believe. Tell someone. Tell someone what you believe. I think that's the, the first step that we can do, the first action we should take. Hey, love you guys. Enjoy the day. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.